Hello and welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Today we're talking about when life gives you lemons, moving on from adversity. So when bad news or unavoidable circumstances at work or at home leave you feeling overwhelmed or like giving up, is resilience the answer? That is to say, is just getting on with it or fighting fire with fire the best way to deal with adversity? Or is there another way that does not compromise your sense of ease and harmony in the world? My name is Sam Eddy. I'm an executive career coach. And as always, I have with me Katie Walls. Katie has a background in HR and is a complimentary therapist. And we look forward to discussing this with you today. So good morning, Sam. Hi, Katie. How are you going? Yeah, good. Good. Looking forward to discussing everything that we'll be talking in relation to adversity and moving on from adversity. Such a good topic and um, I'm sure some, something that most people can relate to. We've all experienced a bit of adversity, unfortunately, but I'm um, really good to explore it. Absolutely. So what does that mean to you when we talk about the word adversity? What, what comes to mind? Well, I mean, as you know, Katie, when we're preparing for this episode, it's, it's a bit of a paradox for me because um, with adversity, I guess it's, you know, it, can we view it as an opportunity, but it's hard because at the time when you're experiencing it, it feels pretty rough. It, it can be a lot of fear involved. It's uncomfortable. It's something we really struggle with at times. But um, I think, you know, when we were chatting about it, you are saying when you look back, um, we can have a different perspective on it. So I guess for me, it's really interesting. Um, is there a way when we think about it moving forward, is there a way that we can possibly get more comfortable with, I guess, uncertainty and fear in life so that if there are situations which will inevitably come up that are un- un- are uncertain, adverse or uncomfortable, we can perhaps start to take a different perspective on it. Because I know, um, you know, the work I do with clients, but also with my own experience, if we're not really, if we're not sort of unpacking adversity and exploring it a bit, then we don't necessarily have the tools to try and make different choices when negative things come up in life, such as, you know, you don't get a job at work. I remember that was a big one for me early on. I I missed out on a promotion and it felt like my world had ended because I had all my hopes and expectations of how I was going to move forward in life by getting that job. Didn't happen. And then I was, um, you know, what do I do from there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, um, you, you just touched on it as well, the pictures that we have. And we don't realize quite often how attached we are until something doesn't go in the way that we planned. And often that can be subconscious. And then a whole lot of stuff can come up and it can feel like, oh my gosh, it's such a huge, devastating thing. You know, some people can feel it's, it's the end of the world, so to speak. And I know that sounds a little bit dramatic, but not when, when something very major. Um, and especially if, if we've been um, focusing on that and contributing, making decisions based on that, and then when it doesn't eventuate, it can feel like that. It can feel like it's just such a huge impact and how we're going to get out of it and hard to see beyond it. So yeah, that's so true. It's, um, it's overwhelming. It's all-consuming, and, <laughs> and you just can't see a way out. So I think that comment around, it feels like the end of the world, well, it really does, and I guess that goes to another point around this stuff is um, the, the more severity or the, the more severe emotional reaction to 
things that go wrong, even seemingly things that might be everyday stresses that we we can, you know, later on get perspective on, we can have an extreme emotional reaction to it. And I think that's because often stress has been building for a long time for people, um, for us, and it takes a toll on the nervous system. So you kind of, if we don't resolve the little stresses early on and we put up with and we keep pushing through, whether it be at work or at home, taking on too much, then the nervous system gets tired. We've talked about this a bit before. And so when you're then faced with something maybe that's a bit more triggering or a bit more severe, then you have that exaggerated emotional reaction and your body goes into a bit of chaos. You get the physical symptoms of stress. The stress response is activated. So it, your body's almost screaming at you to, you know, take this this. Little, little thing it might be a little thing or it could be a bigger thing but it's almost screaming at you to take it seriously and get involved and, and worry about it so it so the body is hard to ignore but often it's a cumulative thing you know the reason why we're reacting the way we are is it's cumulative over, over time there's stuff that's gone on we you know perhaps haven't been able to resolve or let go of and then that's having a cumulative effect on how we react now in the moment yeah it's like a pressure cooker yes so um... Yeah, something's completely um, turns a turnbull, so to speak, or totally out of out of the blue. It it can trigger everything, as you're saying, that hasn't been um, dealt with, or that we've just pushed down, washed over the surface, and then it, it's a snowball effect, I suppose. And and I know people that have experienced that, and I'm sure we can all relate to it in our various ways. If you see it as the opportunity that it actually is even though it can feel so traumatic at the time, it's it's a way to to look at kind of a big sprinkling, um, you know, everything that's not necessarily been supportive to take a, a check-in on that and to reevaluate, especially if, for example, it's it's a promotion that we haven't got or a relationship ending um, or, or a health trauma, whatever it happens to be, to kind of reevaluate. And we get to see our vulnerabilities in that as well. We may think we're coping with things okay, but if something doesn't go our way and all of this stuff comes up, then, yeah, it's, it's a good time if we're willing to be honest with ourselves and to give ourselves that space and um, to see perhaps things that we've been avoiding. It, it is a great opportunity as well. And people that have been through those experiences will look back and say, you know, well, as full on as it was at, at the time, it really gave me those opportunities or I wouldn't be doing now what I love doing um, because I was on a certain career path or a certain trajectory. Um, so we can get a bit tunnel visioned with that as well. Yeah, that's so true. Um, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, the resilience piece, I guess, like to my mind, that's where you're going a little bit with that around, um, you know, how do we then sort of get to a point that we're able to react maybe differently um, given all the stuff that's gone on that's led to a point of where we're at at the moment when, when something goes wrong. I mean, what do you think about resilience? I think in the in the in how we describe this episode, often some people, one of the ways to cope with adversity is just to push through or keep going or, um, you know, fight fire with fire, whatever it may be. I mean, what's, how does resilience work from your perspective? Or what do you, how do you, what do you think is the best way to respond? Yeah, I suppose when I hear the word resilience, it feels like hard work. Mm. It, it feels like something we have to put on. We have to push ourselves towards. 
but there's a beautiful aspect to resilience in its truth because to me it feels like a preparation of working with yourself in the way that we've just been talking about and and which a lot of the other podcasts that we've um, offered talk about um, from that well-being from the inside out and to really get to know yourself your triggers how you react what you're developing what you've pushed under the carpet etc and it's not about having to do a whole detailed analysis so to speak, <laughs> but more just being real and just feeling when you get hurt and going well yeah that hurt what you know what's behind that could it be something the way someone used to speak to me as a child or um you know something that i haven't expressed to someone but it doesn't have to be a full-on thing it can just be open in that moment to feeling what's going on um so i feel if we're working with life in that way then that builds a natural resilience um so that you're equipped to me i suppose the word resilience means being equipped to deal with what's happening in the moment and that doesn't mean a perfection and that doesn't mean that you're not going to be affected but that you've got the tools there so that you're able to support yourself so I suppose support to me is a big aspect in resilience and um, typically the word can feel to people as though it's something you have to push yourself through and, and more of a hardness and you know, I've got to, you know, not show that I've been affected by this, etc. Does, does that um, ring any bells to you, Sam? In, in your- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, especially the hard, you know, being hard or, or not showing you're affected. I think it's a fine line between people wanting to push through. Now I should be able to cope with that. Um, I've got. We often hear the term. I've got a thick skin, so I'm not going to let things affect me. You kind of have your armor on. You have your wall up, um, and I think that is probably a default response that we have um, around, especially early on. If we can't early on in life if we can't sort of reconcile the adverse things that are going on so if you're experiencing i don't know bullying for example at school um if things go wrong at home perhaps there's you know divorced parents that might be a bit traumatic and you can't really understand it fully or reconcile it or, or know why it's happening perhaps to you a natural response or a default response is to put the armor on put the walls up we hear a lot of messages around this, I guess, too, you know, that we've got to sort of push through, we've got to work hard, we've got to, you know, be tough. Um, so, you know, when the going gets tough, the kind of the tough gets, gets go, get going and that I think we hear these messages that feed into that. But I think it's interesting because it can help, that can help us and the problem almost is that that, that, that approach does serve us for a while and it helps us get through and we can, we survive. But I... I my feeling is that it's very much survival mode. Having those walls up, having the armour on is really tiring long-term and often people realise, and I know this is true for me, I kind of was in that mode for a while, Um, it's tiring and it it is actually stress-inducing in itself so it can actually become an adverse event if we keep doing that over a long period of time because we're not then really allow our you know full selves to come through because we've got this level of armor on all the time it can impact how we you know communicate with people um how our relationships are how free we are within ourselves so it's so for me i guess that that bit of resilience or that or that i guess that old definition for want of a better word 
is problematic because it, it can actually cause us more suffering in the long term if that's the approach we take. Yeah, and everything you've described just now um, equates to the epidemic of exhaustion, burnout uh, that people are experiencing and at a much younger age. There are, there are more children, um, I was talking to a medical practitioner, and there's more children that are being diagnosed with depression and being put on antidepressants at earlier ages um, than there has been. So, you know, it's the ripple on effect from parents living in that way as well. And then the effect that has as a society um, on younger generations too. So. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel from just um, the brief exploring that we've done um, to feel the impact that, that that has on the body in the resilience going from that, um, you know, putting, putting a pressure on ourselves to have to work through it to, to hide what could be going on on the inside and to put on a, a face versus allowing yourself to feel <laughs> the aspects that are coming up and then, you know, being more equipped to support yourself um, with what's needed forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, absolutely. And I think also um, part of really understanding it is, at least to my mind, is understanding why, how it is you've got to a point where you feel that the walls have gone up. And, um, you know, if you're listening and anything and any of this is resonating with you, maybe having a think, you know, you know, at what points in my life have my walls gone up or when, you know, when in my life are they up, um, you know, and, and why why has it come to a point where I've done that? Because often if we can at least explore it, understand it, we can go, okay, I get it. I get why I've needed to take that approach, you know, early on perhaps or, you know, early on in my career, whatever it may be, that can really help start to then shift things because at least if you can understand it, you can go, okay, well, I get it. Like it made sense at the time but it's certainly not serving me now and perhaps it's having a negative consequence for me now in terms of how I how I live my life now and actually it might be causing me more stress and adversity. So I think understanding how you've got to that point is really useful so you can then move forward and start to make changes Yeah. about how you deal with adversity moving forward, if that makes sense. Definitely. And our, our individual triggers can vary as well from person to person. Um, so I feel the more you observe that within you, in yourself, the more you are able to support other people too, be it in the workplace, be it in your family, in your personal relationships. Because, um, and I know we've talked about this previously, but it, it takes someone to go first as well in those situations. And and a lot can be learned by, you know, how our, our kids or people, our kids around us just observe how we deal with those tricky situations in life. Um, gives others permission as well just to, to be a little bit more vulnerable, a bit more honest um, with what they're feeling too because it's so easy for that example when you when um, they, we didn't get a promotion etc just to brush off and go oh well it doesn't matter um, you know this is my this is my go-to now or whatever it happens to be um, so we're not actually really digesting what that opportunity is offering us in reevaluating things as well yeah, because you're right. I mean, it, look, it is such an this stuff is such an opportunity. Um, and you know, how do you get in the mindset? I guess is, is is part of the question, isn't it? How do you really get into a mindset where 
these things that go wrong present an opportunity, you know, you can reframe it almost as an opportunity. And I don't know, I'm not you know, keen to hear what you think, Katie, but my thoughts around it um, are along the lines of, you know, we, we have so many fixed views in life of what success is or what happiness is. Um, we have so many expectations around what we need to do to be happy, whether it be a home, in a relationship with our kids, our expectations for our kids, for example, that the more rigid and fixed our views are on life, um, then the more opportunity there is for adversity because our expectations are really high um, and often we become pretty blinkered and narrow thinking in that this version of success is the only one for me. I need, I can only drive this car or I need to live in this suburb or I need to live in this type of house. Um, I need to have this job and be in this type of relationship. And the more narrow our view, then the expectations go really high and we've got limited opportunities to actually hit those targets for want of a better word. And when we, when we can't, then inevitably something, some of those things we just won't be able to get through circumstances often out of our control. And so if we can't get them, then we see those things as adverse because we're so attached to them. Our self-worth is attached to these external things. And, and that can often, that can often make, you know, make an event for one person be really traumatic and not for another. So if I, you know, miss out on buying that the house of my dreams, if that was a huge expectation of mine and I've attached my self-worth to it, then that's, that could be a really adverse event for me. Whereas if I'm someone else bidding on the same place and I was, wasn't attached to it, then it's not necessarily going to be as a, as a traumatic adverse event. Pure gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely gold. So it's like we've got our individual keys to happiness. And I know that sounds corny, but when you were talking then, that, that's what I could see. It's like subconsciously, you know, we've got our plan of what, what it is that's going to give us a happy life. And, you know, that comes from various things that when we've been brought up or what we've seen, et cetera, and, and so often people will experience and you'll, you'll hear sayings of, well, when I get that job, then, you know, that's, that's great. That's, that's what I'm achieving. And then you get there and you get that job. And then the, the bar goes higher. Oh, when I have this, or you know, as you were saying, when I get my house. So we continuously have a picture of what's going to make us happy. And in that, we lose being in the moment. We lose appreciating what's now. We 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 miss those little things and those little opportunities as well. And and that's what we're saying with when these situations happen in life. It, it's great to start to identify those pictures that are there. And we, we, we do miss out on um, enjoying just the little day-to-day things that are really beautiful when we're so focused on that achievement of the next, the next, the next, and, and putting our energy and focus into what that happens to be. Yeah. I mean, do you find with yourself, Katie, I know I've found this, when I've actually achieved those things that were on my list, yeah. um, less so now, but definitely in the past, you sort of achieve it or you get what you want, but then the the feeling or the high just sort of lasts almost momentarily. Yes. You're like, oh, okay, so 
what now? And then you're right. I think it made me think of this when you said before, then you're sort of on to the next thing. Okay, well, I've got this promotion. Well, you know, gee, I've got to get another one now because that, you know, I was, that was the high I was looking for. That's the, the reinforcement I was seeking. And then it's it kind of a bottomless pit if we set ourselves up that way because we've got to then p- keep pursuing the next opportunity. And we're, you know, we're, we're not, as you say, we're doing the opposite. We're not enjoying the journey. We're not able to really enjoy where we are now because we're always going somewhere else. You know, we're waiting. Um, a lot of the coaching work I do with clients are always saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just getting through until the kids start primary school or until the last one's out of childcare, then it will be easier. Or, um, you know, when they're in high school or when I retire, you know, that's when I'll start to have the freedom I want. I love how you brought retirement in because that's it. And so many people that have shared with me when they get to retirement, there's an emptiness. Mm. And we can feel that emptiness with golf, with going to restaurants, with what, you know, projects, etc. But yeah, those that have kind of been really honest with themselves and they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm trying it, but you know what, something's kind of missing or, you know, it's, it's filling in time a bit. So how great that we're not just working for our next holiday or our retirement, but we're allowing ourselves to enjoy more of, of the moment. And what I feel with everything you've just talked about is we're missing out on on relationship, like that next depth of relationship of just enjoying each other um, when when we're focused so much on the next, the next, because the kids, they grow up fast and then suddenly they're in high school and then suddenly they're out the door and, and they don't need you in the way that they did or you don't have those opportunities that you did. So, you know, they, there's a preoccupation with focusing always on, that key to what what happiness, um, you know, what we perceive happiness to be, or achieve, what we need to achieve to be happy, versus just going, you know, what there's there may be aspects of every position that we're in in the in the workplace that are mundane or that we don't enjoy as much, and then there might be aspects that we we prefer. But what if we're more available in the day to day? And focus on that, and then from that, you naturally start to feel what your next is. And naturally, often people will find, well, I wasn't really focusing on it, but I was offered this promotion because they're bringing more quality to what they're doing in their day to day. It's like it, it, it creates more space for what that next going to be without us having to drain ourselves, um, if that makes sense. It totally does. And I love what you're saying around the everyday and really trying to enjoy the everyday and immerse yourself in it almost. And then who knows what opportunities will, will come up as a result. Um, I did some training for a client the other day um, for a group of people and there they work in an area where they deal with a lot of complaints. So they're constantly under pressure to respond to complaints to re- at work to really uh, drive the process and, and resolve these complaints for people. So it's a difficult process because they're dealing with people who are unhappy and as well as the time pressures to get the resolutions um, out there. And, um, and and it can be stress-inducing and it can be adverse for people, all the, the people trying to manage these complaints. But the thing that we talked about was can you connect with your body and your levels of stress stress during these times um, and start to take a, take a different perspective because it's a classic example of where we know that, you know, we can't stop 
people complaining. We can't stop people um, being in that mode and, and there's going to be difficult things you're going to have to deal with in this role. But how do you take a different perspective? And one of the, one of the things we talked about was really getting familiar and as comfortable as you possibly can be with fear and your stress response. So if you're on a call with someone who's being difficult or, if you, you know, what, what, what physical symptoms are being triggered? You know, does your heart start to race? Does your adrenaline start to race? Um, how does your body feel? And then does that fuel the negative thinking and the worry? So um, one, of the, one of my clients was talking about have, you know, worrying about getting the next call or getting the next difficult client. And I was talking about, well, how do you feel at the moment just with the anticipation of this adverse event? Uh, you know, is your heart racing now? What's your adrenaline doing? And, and getting to know that stress response is great because then you can start to change it. So we talked a lot about, and when you were talking before, Katie, it made me really think about this in the day-to-day. Are we tensed up? Are we kind of hunched over or are we squeezing, or tensing up against whatever's happening? Or can we take a different perspective and start to open up and relax? I know personally now I start to, my default response when anything, a stressful situation arises and it's taken a bit of practice but I start to relax. If I start to get symptoms of stress or the stress response is activated for me, I get a heart flutter or a surge of adrenaline. My default response is actually potentially counterintuitive to a lot of people, but I start to relax. I let my body go loose and saggy and, you know, I'm really relaxed. And that starts to then trigger me. Or it's a reminder for me that I'm actually tensing up against the situation. And when I start to relax from a physical perspective, it starts to change my perspective on the situation. I'm able to really just listen to what's going on or immerse myself in it, not do the whole what if scenario, you know, go off into the future or go over what I stuffed up. But I'm able to really enjoy the journey as you were kind of saying before. Yeah. And and that's it. The more we get to know what our triggers are and how our body responds, the more we're able to support. And then quite often you can feel things are affecting you more than what perhaps you're clocking and you're realising, or they could be different aspects in your life. You know, you may feel your tensions coming from, from certain places, but you might be surprised to find that it could be other triggers with certain relationships or situations that present. And I feel um, too, just um, as, as we're wrapping up this time, if we're looking at adversity and we're looking at these situations that present, Often our fight or our challenge in that is, you know, we're just not wanting to accept the situation. And that's a a big one. And I feel good just to introduce with everything else we've talked about because you don't have to agree with the situation and you don't have to like it. But in accepting, well, this is what's eventuated or this is where people are at or this is how people are reacting to it, in accepting that, that that's the way it is and that's what's presenting, that helps to, to reduce your stress. And just like you were saying, Sam, the, the symptoms that can come up in the body, um, by just having that, that acceptance, that equips you um, at a deeper level to deal with whatever is in front of you. And um, you're able to have a little bit more clarity then in your decision-making or... Um, what you need to do for yourself in accepting that because if we're fighting it that's a huge tension on the body so you've got your own reactions that are coming up to the situation um, but not accepting it it 
it just can make you feel a bit bigger. <laughs> and then yeah, uh, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's well, it's a powerful, um, it's a powerful, powerful place to finish on because you're right. If we can just accept what's going on in the moment, as you say, we're not adding stress to stress. Mm. Um, and often I talk to people that it's like, all you're doing is accepting the situation as it is now. It doesn't mean you still can't try and plan to change things in the future or do things differently, but you're not resisting what's going on now. And as you say, it's such a powerful tool to use to really help you in that moment. Yeah, exactly. That's good advice just to be accepting of what's happening now. You don't know what the next step is. And again, as I was saying, it doesn't mean you agree with it. You know, someone could be behaving really, really off or whatever it is, but that's where they are. So you're just in that moment accepting, okay, that's where they are or that's the decision, or with the example that we've been using um, about the promotion and not, not getting that, there's so many different factors. And if we personalise it and think, oh, you know, if I'd presented myself this way or if I'd um, written my resume that way or if I'd made these decisions, maybe it'd be different. But what if it's totally nothing to do with you, that you've made yeah. <laughs> and you would be perfect, but the business wants this direction. So then if we're you know, beating ourselves up and going into self-doubt, et cetera, et cetera, you know, that, that, that's horrible to feel that versus appreciating where you are, what you've established, and that that's just not the right constellation for right now. And that's part of that acceptance just to go, hey, there's many, many different factors here. I'm just one of the factors. So accepting, well, that's their decision and, and that's where it is. And, okay, where do I feel to focus? Indeed. And look, I should say that, you know, that job that I didn't accept, the next job I accepted was actually in London and I ended up moving to London for eight years. And, you know, what an amazing journey I had. So you're right. Uh, you know, it, it just wasn't right for me at the time. <laughs> if you look at a constellation and that's what it is. I mean, a business relationships, a constellation, there's many different factors or in our relationship too, let's, let's say, you know, someone doesn't want to keep being with us. Well, there's so many factors in that too. Um, whereas so often our default is to go to personalize, beat ourselves up or go into the what ifs, et cetera, et cetera, rather than just accepting, okay, cool. And what are the opportunities in the next? Yeah, I think that, um, I think that relationship one is so key because we have so many fixed ideas on that. And I suspect that's something we could do a whole episode on around, you know, expectations around that and, and yeah, not, not, not seeing the opportunity when things go wrong in relationships. It's such a key one. It's a great yeah. topic. And talking of that, Sam, just with topics, if um, if anyone's listening today or have listened to past podcasts and you have a theme or questions or, or topic that you'd like to present, please don't hesitate to contact us. The email address is info at parentsatwork.com.au. That's info at parentsatwork.com.au. We'd love to hear from you if there's something you want to explore in more detail. So thank you very much, Sam. Cool. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, everyone.